You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. You may be seated and open your Bibles at the book of James, chapter number 3, verse 16. James, chapter number 3, verse 16. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of how to celebrate someone else's success as if it is your own. And as a subtitle, dealing with or overcoming jealousy and envy. Another title for this is, how do I celebrate what God is doing in someone else's life while I'm standing in faith for Him to do exactly the same thing in my life? Apostle Alan started this year and he released a prophetic word saying, explore in 2024, expand even more, bring the net to the shore more than ever before. Remember who it is for. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And tonight, I want, or this morning, I want us to explore our hearts. Because we want to see a continuation of expansion in our lives. But one of the things that stops expansion is envy and jealousy. It's selfishness. If you really understand it, that envy and jealousy is rooted in pride and wrapped in selfishness. And so if we're really going to see the full expansion of what God has promised for the new year, we're going to have to prepare our hearts accordingly. I don't want anything in my life that can stop or slow down what God wants to do. And so every single one of us here will see great blessing this year. We will see increase this year. We will see growth this year. But while God is blessing my brother, I mustn't take my attention of God and put it on what he's doing in the life of my brother. I need to learn to celebrate other people's success as if it is my own. Because another preacher said it like this, if God is blessing my neighbor, it means he's in the neighborhood. And so I'm next. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. I'm next. And so while God is blessing my neighbor, he's in the neighborhood. In other words, while he's busy with Quissy, he's on his way to Dylan's house. Uh, If he's busy with Julian, he's on his way to Dylan's house. If he's lifting this one, you have to understand this. We must not have a scarcity mindset in the kingdom of God. I want to say this to you and you must hear it. There is more than enough for everybody in the kingdom of God. God doesn't only have one car and one house and one miracle and one breakthrough. No, 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 my brother. God has an abundance of everything. As a matter of fact, God has an unlimited supply of everything that is good. So while God is blessing my brother and my sister, it doesn't mean that's his last blessing. Doesn't mean it is his last blessing. Have you found James 3.16? For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, which speaks of anarchy, and every evil, vile, morally despicable thing are. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Where there's envy, where there's jealousy, where there's selfish ambition and self-seeking and pride, you will not find peace. You will not find harmony. What a terrible torment 
to live your life always feeling you're coming short. What a terrible torment to always look at someone else's life and feeling that you're not good enough. What a terrible torment to lie awake at night over other people's houses and cars and blessing and businesses, but you're not even responsible for paying the installment. What a terrible torment. Wherever there's jealousy, wherever there's envy, wherever there's self-ambition, you'll find every form of evil. This scripture shocked me. Proverbs chapter number 20, 27 verse 4. In the Good News Translation, just listen to this. Anger is cruel and destructive, but it is nothing compared to jealousy. Anger is cruel and, and destructive, but it is nothing compared to jealousy. Why? A hot temper is destructive for a short time, but jealousy feeds long-term bitterness. Men get twisted by anger. Listen to this now. But envy sees everything with a poisoned view. Wrath can control emotions for a time, but envy can get your soul away, can eat your soul away until death. The danger of jealousy and envy, can you come here, Pastor Gary, please? Is Pastor Gary is my good friend. And so he comes to visit me because we've been friends for many years. And he starts telling me about what God is doing in his life. He begins to share with me because we have a covenant relationship, how God is blessing him and increasing him and lifting him and expanding him. He's seeing the word that Apostle Alan released within the beginning of this year manifest in his life. And while he's sharing it, I'm saying, yo, praise God, bless you, Pastor Gary. And when I turn my back, bind it, don't let it happen, Jesus. Don't, 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 don't let it happen. That's the danger of envy and jealousy. They celebrate you in front of your face, but when their back turns, that's why sometimes we don't understand why things are so delayed. Sometimes we don't understand why things are not happening the way it's supposed to. It might be that you shared the right information to the wrong person. And that's the danger of it. So I'm celebrating you, but inside my heart is wicked. And so I need to get to a place, and this is what the Lord wants to do this morning for all of us, because every single one of us this year, we're going to see the fullness of the manifestation of the blessing of God. But while God is busy blessing Pastor Gary, let me celebrate him. Let me thank God for what he's doing in Pastor Gary's life. Let me honor God for what he's doing, because God will do it for me as well. Say amen. amen. Congratulations. Amen. 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 You know what is the biggest enemy of a thankful heart towards God? It's jealousy and envy. Jealousy and envy, it kills thankfulness. Why? Because I can never be thankful for what God is doing in my life while I'm always looking at with a jealous heart and poisoned eyes, what he's doing in my neighbor's life. And so it kills thankfulness. And so some people say, if I had this or if I had that, I'll be thankful. That's a deceptive lie. Unthankfulness 
is never satisfied. Never. So I want to look at some examples before I give you the solution of how dangerous envy and jealousy really is. Come with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 14 from verse 13 to 14. I saw what happened to Pastor Gary and his laptop. So I said to myself, not me, Lord. Not me. I will go print something for me. <laughs> Man of God, are you, are you learning? I'm, I'm learning from your mistakes, yeah. <laughs> I said to myself, not me, Lord, please. <laughs> I have printed notes this morning. Have you found Isaiah 14, verse 13 and 14? Listen to this. For you have said in your heart, speaking, speaking about Satan, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the further sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That sounds just like envy. This is not something that started yesterday. The devil's heart was full of envy towards God. You're saying, but isn't it pride exactly? Envy is rooted in pride. Envy is an outcome of pride. He had so much pride and envy in his heart that he wanted to ascend God. What is jealousy? Jealousy is when I look at what somebody else have and I cannot be happy for them. What is envy? Is when I look at what somebody else have and I want it more. I believe I deserve it more. This was Satan. He looked at God and said, I want to be like God. I want to ascend to the highest of the heavens. I want to be like God. Cain envied and was jealous of Abel because God accepted his offering and not Cain's. You can go read that in the book of Genesis 4 from 3 to 5. I'm not going to read it now. He was jealous. He was envy because God accepted Abel's offering and not his. Joseph's brothers envied and was jealous of him. Come with me to the book of Genesis chapter number 37 from verse 3 to 4. Genesis chapter number 37 from verse 3 to 4. It says this, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of, the, of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. Listen to this. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. Listen to the words here. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. If you and I, please look at me family, don't deal with jealousy and envy. If we entertain it long enough, it becomes hatred. If jealousy and envy is not dealt with, it becomes hatred. As soon as his father threw the robe of many colors upon him, his brothers hated him. And the challenge with this is, these are things that happens in the heart of a person. But once it is revealed, it cannot be concealed again. Have you ever heard the saying, and I don't know if it's a worldly saying or what, but they say jealousy makes you nasty. Because when it is revealed, you cannot go back again. Saul was jealous of David. Come with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 18 from 8 to 9. 1 Samuel chapter number 18 from 8 to 9. 
So what happened was they went out to war and as they were fighting, they were coming back in and the ladies were singing. The ladies were singing when King Saul walked in saying, Saul killed thousands, but David killed tens of thousands. And look at Saul's response. This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said. They credit David with tens of thousands and me with only thousands. Listen to this. Next, they'll be making him king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. I studied this and I prayed about it and I came to this conclusion, Pastor Karen. What a privilege it was for Saul to have a man with so much potential be fully submitted to him. David would have been his greatest successor as Saul if he just allowed him to become whatever God has called him to become. We shouldn't be inferior or threatened by other people. I'm telling you right now and I'm saying this to you, I'm not the best preacher. My English is very skewed. But you know what? When I settle into who God has called me to be, listen to me now, nobody can beat Dylan at being Dylan. There will always be somebody that has better hair than me, that has a better face than you, that has better more build than you. I wear bigger clothes nowadays, family. I went from a 28 to a 36, hallelujah. But I trust Pastor Danny for this new year, I'll go from a 36 at least to a 32. And the church said, amen. Hallelujah. Do more than that, go pray. There will always be somebody that has a better car than you, that lives in a better house than you, that wears better clothes than you. It is a never-ending race if you live in the circles or in the, the red race of comparison. But if you settle into who God has called you to be, look at yourself and say, self, nobody can beat you at being you. You know, when I get behind this pulpit, I must be Dylan. Because if I get behind, I have characteristic traits and I learn everything from my father in the faith and my mother in the faith, but I must do the presentation as Dylan. Why? Because he's called the, the spirit of truth. If I come here acting like a TDJ or like a whatever preacher, he will not anoint me because he's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. What an opportunity soul must because David wasn't coming for his throne. David was anointed for the throne, but submitted to Saul. Amen. The disciples were jealous among one another. You know, when Zebedee's wife came to Jesus and said, can my two sons rule with you in your kingdom? One sitting on the left, one sitting on the right. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. But the disciples overheard this and look at their response, Matthew 20, 24. The other 10 disciples were listening to all of this and a jealous anger arose among them against the two. A jealous anger arose, why? I wanna submit to you and this is my opinion. You can take it or you can leave it. They were probably thinking of asking the same thing. They were probably thinking of asking the same thing. And you know what is beautiful? Jesus changes the conversation. And you can go read 
until verse 28. He says to them, I have come to introduce a new way. The way of serving. Jesus says, if you want to be there, you're asking to sit on my right and in my left and rule with me the kingdom. I'm saying to you, if you want to be greater than that, become a servant. And then Jesus makes the statement. He says, the son of man did not come to be served. He came to serve. I'm telling you, family, in the kingdom of God, if you want to be the greatest, be the servant. Be the servant. God will reward your servant hard. One of the biggest consequences of jealousy and envy and selfishness is an ungrateful heart. What is the answer, Pastor Dylan? How do I celebrate someone else's success as if it is my own? How do I overcome this? Because once again, I want to tell you that this year, God is going to bless us in a way that we've never seen before. But while he's busy blessing my brother, what am I going to do? What will be my stance? What will be my attitude? Because if somebody is coming into their season, they're coming into their season. Our jealousy and envy can only maybe delay it for so long, but we cannot stop it. So how do I overcome envy and jealousy? Number one, we cannot use other people's lives as measuring sticks to determine if we're successful or not. We cannot use other people's lives as measuring sticks to determine if I'm successful or not. Sometimes we are comparing our beginning with someone else's ending. Come with me to Acts chapter number 10 verse 34. Acts 10 verse 34. And Peter opened his mouth and said, most assuredly or certainly and thoroughly I know, I perceive and understand that God shows no partiality. He's not unfair, he's not biased and is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons, but is definitely a respecter of principles. He's definitely a respecter of principles. If you give to the Lord generously, He'll give back to you. It doesn't matter who it is. You can be young, old, black, white, or from Fraserburg, the, the principle will work. We have to get the revelation that there is an abundance. There's more than enough for every single one of us. Really, say this with me. Say, in the kingdom of God, there's no lack, there's no scarcity, there's an abundance. Settle that in your heart. Instead of being intimidated, be inspired. Be inspired. Look at your brother's life and say, when the brother was preaching the other day, I said to myself, Lord, I only wish I can preach like that one day. <laughs> be inspired by other people. Don't be intimidated. People that have gone ahead of us, that have accomplished much, have the heart of learning from them. Because there's principles that Jesus honors and respects that they are using that will work in your life. Come with me to the book of John chapter number 17 verse 4. John 17 verse 4. Jesus speaking and he's saying, I have glorified you on the earth, listen to this, by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. 
I want to tell you, family, that what we measure ourselves up against is this. Are we doing everything faithfully that he has asked us to do? That's how I measure my life. I don't look at someone else's life and determine am I successful or not. No, I look at what God has called me. I look at his word and I measure it against the word. I measure it against have I done everything that God has called me to do. Come with me to the book of Romans chapter number 12 verse 6. It's gone very quiet in this church. Am I helping somebody? That's more than enough then. Romans chapter number 12 verse 6. In His grace, God has given us what? Come and say it. He has given us different gifts. Look at the person next to you and say, you are gifted differently. And that's okay. Tell them and that's okay. You know, when I started preaching, in Fraserburg, there was this gentleman, they used to call him the triple threat. You know why? Because he could sing, play an instrument, and preach. So if the worship team doesn't come, he would go up, take his guitar, and begin to worship. Straight after that, he will take up the offering. Straight after that, he will preach. Straight after that, he will minister healing and deliverance. And straight after that, he'll do the altar call. And straight after that, he'll close the service. I said to myself, my God, this is who I want to be. This is who I want. So when I realized I'm anointed by God, I also thought I had a voice to sing. This is way before Monique. Because Monique wouldn't have tolerated this. And I, I love these old gospel songs, Brittany. So then if I just feel the anointing is in the place, I would take the mic and begin to, let your glory fill this house. And my best friend, Julian, he would sit there and he would so. And I'm like, let your glory fill this house. And you know, while there's somebody sinking somewhere and somebody falling, I'm saying to him, the anointing is here, I'm singing. <laughs> And I don't know if you remember the, 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 the uh, I think Raymond Shalhiers was part of this team. It was called uh, Imagine. And there was a song there. Now, <laughs> I, would, I would practice for a, for a sung aunt, right? For a, a worship evening in Fraserburg. But I have earphones on, so I can't hear my voice while I'm singing. I just hear the song. Then I would go to the sung aunt. And, and these are things that I'm prompt at that moment, you right? I haven't prepared to, to, to deliver an item. While I'm sitting in the worship evening, I'm feeling, hey, I must also sing. I must also. So I would go home. I would go home. This is the truth. I would go home, Pastor Denny. I would put the earphones on and I would sing, but I don't hear my own voice. I don't hear my own voice. And so eventually I would get back to the worship evening. I would sing. I would see the people cry. Eventually I learned it wasn't because there was an anointing. It was because the voice. <laughs> what am I trying to say? I'm not anointed to sing, but I'm definitely anointed to preach. So let me stay in my line. I am differently gifted. There's people like Pastor Lesejo. There's people like uh, uh, Nikki. There's people like Nikki. There's people like everybody that can sing, whoever you are. There's people like that that can sing. And the challenge is, if I'm sitting and I'm saying, I want to be a singer, but I'm not anointed to be a singer, then I will apply to be a singer. I'll get up on the stage. There will be no empowerment to do it. I'll have to sustain this position that I'm selfishly seeking out of the flesh. The flesh gets tired and eventually people backslide. 
You cannot do anything for God without being anointed for it. If you're not anointed for it, don't do it. Say, I'm differently gifted. And so there's certain people that will listen to me, that will respond to me. Not everybody, and that's okay. I'm not called to preach to everybody. There is a people that will respond when they hear the anointing and the voice. Are you with me, saints? And then he says, for doing certain things well, not everything well. So you are gifted differently for doing certain things well. Why only certain things? Come here, Pastor Josh. Come here, Nikki. So look at what we have here. We have a preacher and a drama. We have a preacher and a wannabe singer. And then we have a singer. So if it was only the three of us, right? Then Nikki can sing, he can play the drums and I can preach. There will be a service. You understand what I'm saying? So we are each differently gifted. But when we come together, come my brother, my sister. But when we are together, we're differently gifted and we're good in certain things. But when we come together, God can move powerfully. Thank you. So I don't have to be everything. Because God has anointed other people differently. He's gifted other people differently. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much. Number two, we have to learn to celebrate and be happy with people genuinely. Come with me to Romans 12 verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice, share in others' joy. And weep with those who weep, sharing in others' grief. If somebody has something new, go up to them and say congratulations. I love it. One of the best things for me as a pastor is when somebody brings a new blessing, a car or a house. A car they can't, house they can't bring to the church, but the car. And they say, Pastor, come pray with me. I want to dedicate this to the Lord because I'm thankful. Of Pastor, come to my new house. I want you to pray because I know that this is God that has given this for me. I love that. I love that. I love that. Number three, very important. Understand the season you are in. Someone else might be in their harvest season because they planted their seed earlier. Understand the season you are in. Your seed might still be germinating and sprouting while theirs is producing a harvest simply just because they planted earlier. Isaiah 60 verse 22. The smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, everybody say the right time. I, the Lord, will make it happen. I'm telling you right now, prophetically, I'm speaking to you. This year, you'll have many right times. This year, you'll have many right times. Chris, can you play for me? I sense the anointing of the Lord. This year, you'll have many right times. There are many of you that are sitting here and this is, this is in your heart. I should have been further by now. I should have had 
more by now. I should have had the promotion by now. I should have had this car by now. I should have had this house by now. But this year, at the right time, God will make it happen. I want to declare over your life in Jesus' mighty name that this year you'll have many right times. Now you're saying to me, how does a right time look? A right time usually for God looks when everything is chaotic and it seems everything is not working out. And it seems you don't have the money and you don't have the promotion and you can't get the, the contract and you're not moving. That is the right time many a times for God. It's when everything says no and God steps in and says yes. This year, you'll have many right times. Saying, Pastor Dylan, you don't know, I've been in and out and in and out. I'm sowing, I'm tithing, I'm serving. I've been in church all this time. I don't even miss a service, Pastor. Why is it not happening? The right time. This is your right time. And I'm telling you right now, somebody, if it's somebody's right time, don't look with poisoned eyes, jealousy and envy and saying, when is it happening for me? No, don't do that. Celebrate. Be happy. Because you are also scheduled in the calendar of God for your right time. And I'm telling you right now this morning without a shadow of a doubt, that when God says it's your time, when God says it's your moment, when God says you're about to be promoted, I don't care if the highest authority on the earth says no, you will get promoted. You know why? Because God has the heart of the king in his hand and he will stir it in your direction for favorable increase and multiplication, just like a river. Shout it with me, say, this is my time. Come and say it, this is my time. This is my time. Yerevanadan. When, Lord? When are you going to come through? When are you going to bless me? And sometimes the biggest challenge is, is when those that do not serve the Lord, it seems like their lives are moving forward. But you know, listen to me very carefully. The Bible says, that this time the enemy will gather, right? And the Lord is preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemy. But listen to me, the enemy is not gathering to attack this time. They're gathering to spectate. They're gathering to be witnesses. They're gathering to see the blessing of God manifest in your life. This is your time. Say it with me, say, this is my time. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. But I say to you, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Family, I cannot judge another man's harvest if his seed was bigger than mine. If I'm sowing one millipit, Apostle Alan says, I get one millipit. But if somebody sowed 500 millipit, you'll get 500 millipit. 
So if somebody's seed is bigger than mine, I cannot judge the harvest. What I should do is increase my seed because God is no respecter of person. Are you with me? And lastly, before we close, the fourth thing we can do when it comes to overcoming jealousy and envy is understand stewardship. That even that which I think I own is God's. And He's only entrusted me with it. I want to read you the scripture and really ministered to me in Matthew chapter number 25, 14 to 15. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents and to another two. Listen to this. And to another one. Five to one. To each one according to his ability to manage. If you want more, increase your ability to manage. Might it be that you do not have more because you haven't increased your ability to manage more. Sometimes we want the more without the ability. God doesn't work like that. He'll never give you something that will destroy you. So if you want more, increase your ability to manage more and God will give you more. Lastly, I want you to listen very carefully to the sermon, the scripture. You know, I'm preaching this because God dealt with me, right? You know that we, we don't read the Bible for a message. I read the Bible for myself. And what you're getting now is the leftovers. After what God has spoken to me. I, he had to deal with me first. Otherwise, I cannot come here this morning and, and preach with conviction. Then he said this. This ministered to me so much. Luke 12, verse 15. Speaking to the people, Jesus continued. Gives them a warning. He says, be alert and guard your heart from greed. And always wishing for what you don't have. For your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. You are not more valuable to God when you drive a G-Wagon. And no offense to anybody that's driving a G-Wagon. You are not more valuable to God when you live in a certain area. No, Jesus died for all of us. So I cannot determine my value in the kingdom of God by the car I drive, by the house I live, by the money that's in my bank account. I cannot. My life is not measured by the possessions I have. But my life is measured by a cross. A cross where my Jesus died. And for him, I was valuable enough 
that he would send his only son to come die for me. How can I think if I don't have a certain car or a certain house or a certain amount of money? And God wants us to have all these things, please. It's God's plan for us to prosper. It's God's plan for us to have all the good things in life to enjoy. But my life is not measured by that. So while I don't have the nice car and while I don't have everything that is nice, I look to the cross. That's my value. That's my value. That is it. This is our time, family. This is our time. Campuses, this is our time. This is our time. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the heavens. Say this with me. Say, my life is not measured by any earthly possession. But my life is measured. But what am I, Lord Jesus, has done on the cross? Right now, I rid my heart of any form of pride, jealousy, envy, selfish ambition. In Jesus' name, I will celebrate other people as if it is my own. In Jesus' mighty name, my heart is free from any jealousy, envy, selfish ambition. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.